Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you're here today. Praise God. My friends, God's word is going to build you up to do all that he has called you to do. And also very importantly, to become the person that he wants you to be. Now, before we jump into today's message, let's first honor God with our finances and let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. I want you to understand that tithing is the first fruit that makes the remaining 90% meaningful. So we, we bring the first fruit, we're bringing the tithe to the Lord today. Look at Malachi chapter three, verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What is the tithe? It's 10% of all of your increase. And God wants us to be tithers. What is a tither? It is a Christian who systematically gives 10% of all of their increase to God. And God said, 10% belongs to me. Mm -mm. Matter of fact, in verse eight, he says that the person that does not tithe is a robber. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? So we are told to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, verse 11, please listen very carefully. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear the fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Praise God. Now, let me be the first to say that sacrificial giving, the giving of special offerings, can bring you into new levels of blessing, but only tithing can preserve the blessing. Praise God. Yes, you can break into new levels through sacrificial giving, but tithing is what preserves the overall blessing of your life that God has upon your life. This is because when we don't tithe, the devourer is granted access to our blessings. Well, Pastor Stephen, who would be giving the devourer access? We would be by choosing not to honor God with what he said belongs to him. So my friends, let's shut off the devourer today because he's very, very good at his job in big ways, even in small ways. So, I know that some Christians, they look at ministers when a minister receives the tithe as just being something that a minister does to bring money in so that the lights are paid and you know, that, uh, you know, the ministry can move forward, et cetera, et cetera. And my friends, I want you to know that I'm not receiving the tithe and talking about this because I'm trying to really build you up in church doctrine. I want you to know church doctrine, but that's not the reason of why I'm teaching this. I'm teaching this not because this is church doctrine. I'm teaching this because it's God's covenant. The tithe is part of God's covenant. So what I'm teaching you, 
I don't want you to just see it as like, well, he's just teaching, you know, like another doctrine of the church. I'm teaching covenant. And you need to know the power of God's covenant working in your finances. Praise God. Mm-mm. All financial testimonies are rooted in consistent tithing. Consistent tithing. If a person sends a tithe in only once every five months, that's not a tither. Unless that's the only increase that person has had in five months. Maybe they get paid every five months. Okay, then they get their check and they send the tithe off for that. But that's very rarely the case. Praise God. Now, I want you to think about the life of Abraham just for a moment. He was a tither. And the Bible says that he became possessor of heaven and earth. And in order for us to access the blessings of Abraham, we need to really look at Abraham's life, emulate his life, and do the works of Abraham. And one of those works was tithing. Now, I know that somebody could say, well, that was under the law. No, it wasn't. He was tithing before the tithe was ever instituted by Moses as a law. And Moses also is not just doing it to make up some more rules and regulations. He's doing it because God instructed him to tell the people that the tithe belongs to him. It belongs to God. Praise God. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3 just for a moment. Verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So Jesus has redeemed us from the curse and he's connected us to the blessings of Abraham. So all we need to do really now is walk in the same steps that Abraham walked in, which would be in this case today, we're talking about tithing consistently. Yes. And Abraham was also a man of faith, but we're talking about tithing even in faith. Okay. So we need to tithe consistently like Abraham did. And you will begin to see the flow of blessings come into your life, just like they came into Abraham's life. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we need to look at what Jesus has made available for us and also step into it. Let's do the works of Abraham. Let's be tithers. Pastor Stephen, Abraham was a man of faith. Yes, he was a man of faith who tithed. Woo, praise God. For the New Testament Christian, tithing remains a covenant obligation for experiencing God's financial plan for your finances. And it, it is a wealth plan. Absolutely. Let's remember that our tithe is not a donation. Instead, it's part of our spiritual responsibility. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to go a little bit further, and I'm going to say this. And I'm sure there would be some that disagree. They are entitled to their viewpoint or their, their certain way of how they see it. But I'm going to say this. Any believer who is not a tither will never come in to their full destiny in Christ. It's absolutely impossible. Why? Because the devourer has legal access and the devil, although he is 
been doomed to the eternal lake of fire. He knows where he's going. In the interim, he still carries out his, his work very effectively. And he is a legalist. And I'm not saying that he goes around wearing the clothes of a lawyer or something like that. But I'm telling you, as a legalist, he knows the letter of the law, and he knows that he has access where there is a non-tither. He can get in. He can get in. So because there is a devouring that he is able to initiate in the life of a believer who's not a tither, that is going to affect that believer's ability to accomplish all that God has called them to do. Wow. So again, I come back to it. Any believer who is not a tither will never come into their full destiny in Christ. It's flat out impossible. You can't do it. How can any Christian honestly say, Lord, I give my life to you. I surrender all to you. And they can't even surrender the 10% that God said belongs to him. Do you, do you see the deception? It is a level of self-deception. Mm, and if a person wants to walk in it, they can, they can, uh, but you will not be able to fulfill God's high plan for your life without stepping up like Abraham, being a person of faith and also honoring God with the tithe. Praise the Lord. Now, having said that, having looked at some of these scriptures and having briefly looked at the life of Abraham, let's now do the works of Abraham. Let's walk in faith. Let's receive the blessing through Christ of Abraham that's now come on us, and let's give God his tithe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, for those of you that would like to mail in your tithe, and if you want to bring a special offering in, you certainly can do that. Please send your tithe and offering to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717. The zip code, uh, of course, that's, excuse me, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. I'm, I actually did something very rare today. I went and picked the mail up myself. Normally we have one of our workers do that. One of our administrators go get the mail. I went and got the mail uh, today. I, I often don't do it because I can't, I can't, if I go to the post office, I can't uh, get out. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I know it's going to happen. Yes, it's a small town, but I'm going to get grabbed and I'm going to, but sometimes uh, I, I go get it. And so I went and got the mail today. It was a divine appointment. Uh, one, of the, one of the great prayer intercessors of Moravian Falls, she was getting her mail. She was going in, and she saw me. She said, Pastor Stephen, she said, you're supposed to pray for my knee. She said, I knew that God was going to do something for me today, and I can hardly walk on this knee. I came down on it and put weight on it. And I've injured my knee, and she said, please pray for my knee. I said, by all means, I said, let me grab the mail. You go grab your mail, and then I'll pray for you. So I grabbed my mail, put it into the vehicle. She stood there, and I said, I, when I touch you, the anointing's going to come into your body, into your knee. You'll be healed. And I said, be healed in the name of Jesus, and slapped her knee. She was completely healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. But my friends, bring your tithe into the storehouse. Amen. Don't let the old dirty devil... Uh, have some means of coming into your life and bringing a devouring into your life. Be a tither. Bring it in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because technically, when you tithe, you're not bringing the tithe into this ministry or to me, although physically it's coming into the storehouse. But in the eyes of Jesus, it's going to him. You understand that. You are tithing to the Lord.
Now, for those of you that prefer the tithe and bring your offerings in online, please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give, and it has a red heart on it. Click that link. You can bring your tithe in right there. Now you may say, uh, Pastor Stephen, I want to sow special seed as well. I want to sow breakthrough seed. Hallelujah. Good, good. May God be glorified. Click the orange uh, uh, link that says projects. And when you click on that, you see the various projects that we're focused on. You can sow into any one of those projects or just pick one. And those are available for you. Praise God. Thank you for your giving. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Praise God. Father, I thank you for your precious people, that they are practitioners of the covenant. I thank you, Father God, we don't just sit around studying theology, although there's a place for that. But Father, we are practitioners. We work it. We work your word. I thank you, Father, for tithers. Tithers. Just like Abraham. I thank you for your people, Father, that their prosperity is not luck. It's not luck or some kind of they just had a good day or, you know, or something like that. No, it's, it's people that know how to work the covenant. I thank you, Father, your people are practitioners of the covenant. I thank you that you are taking them into wealth and into abundance. And even in this area, they are going from glory to glory. Now, Father, we give you praise that before, please listen to me, that before this year is out, this will be the greatest financial year they've ever had. This year will be the greatest financial year they've ever had on the books ever before. We thank you, Father God, that the blessings of Abraham are riding upon our lives. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Shout, I am blessed. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Today, I want to talk about a subject that I believe is very, very timely. I want to talk about the three dimensions of the breakthrough word. And we're going to jump into this message in just a moment. Let me also share that our 2023 Israel tour is now on the website. If you would like to go along with us, you need to get registered. Praise God. You need a passport. And you need to get registered. Go to stephenbrooks.org and you'll see the first slider. It's got the big Israel picture on it. Click on that. It'll take you to the page that shows the full itinerary. And if you want, you can print that out. And you can call the number or just click the link and get registered and go with us from May 7th through the 17th. It is going to be a tremendous time we're going to have in Israel. And I would love for you to come join my wife and I on this tour to Israel. It's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me. It is going to be a glorious time. Praise God. Praise God today. Please take your Bibles and meet me in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, chapter four, Proverbs chapter four, and let's pray. Heavenly father, there's somebody today that desperately needs to hear your word, a specific word that will propel them out of any type of stagnation that they would be experiencing right now. 
Father, there are some watching today. They've had more than stagnation. They've actually had failure, raw failure. And they're not very happy about it. And Father, it's time for a change. And I thank you that today's message holds the key to that change. Father, let there be the breakthrough that your people are looking for. Let it come this week. Let it come this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Today I'm talking about the three dimensions of the breakthrough word. Praise God. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 and drop down with me, please, to verse 18. But the path of the just is like what? It's like the shining light. This is so different. The word of God is so different from the fuddy duddy religion that I was raised with. Now I thank God that I was raised in an evangelical type church, but we pushed everything off to heaven. All the good stuff was for heaven. And while we were here on the earth, we had a, a religious mindset that we have to suffer and be ground down and be humiliated by the world system. And then one day we'll die and go to heaven. Then no more tears. Then we can have fun. And because we expected that and had that mindset, we experienced that. And you could look across the sanctuary and you saw, you saw pain. You saw heartbreak. You saw the results of crazy accidents, car wrecks, sicknesses, weird diseases. And honestly, today, what I can look back upon and recognize now as being clearly demonic problems that quite a few people had. But we didn't know that. And, uh, of course, you know, we're, we're saved, but doing the best we can, but getting pretty roughed up by the devil along the way. And if a preacher would have stood up and read this verse and said, this is our destiny, I think the church might have had to uh, tried to throw him off the cliff, just like they did, tried to do with Jesus at Nazareth. Watch out for the old religious spirit that tries to keep you in a place of failure and wants you to put up with it. Mm -mm. Now, this message today is designed by the Holy Spirit to create in you zero tolerance for failure. Some of you have put up with it too long, but God wants you to have zero tolerance for failure. And if something is not working, it's time to stop acting like, well, I guess it eventually will. No, stop, figure out why is this not working? What's going on? We shouldn't be at this place right now. There should be a breakthrough and there will be a breakthrough, but you can't just have a sports team and every year your record is zero and 16. 0 and 16. Next year we're adding an extra game. So next year it's 0 and 17. No. No. We need to stop and we need to just say, "Hey, we can't live like this. We we have to have uh a reckoning with this losing streak and we have to break it." Mm -mm. Praise God. I do remember when I was in high school, when I was a senior in high school, we got a new basketball coach. Uh, before that, uh, our basketball team in high school would maybe go like four and 20, you know, four wins, 20 losses. And a new coach came in and uh, it, the whole thing flipped. The team went like 20 wins, four losses. 
uh, didn't make it to the finals, but went really far, further than ever before. This was somebody that just wasn't going to tolerate losing, didn't like losing. Same thing happened with our football team. We had a pretty good football team and would always be like six and six, six wins, six losses. We would lose the games that were tough, win the games that were kind of easy, and were like a mediocre team. I didn't play football or basketball. My mother was a x-ray technician, a head technician at a very large hospital. She t saw too many sports injuries. <laughs> she said, you boys, me and my brothers, you can do what you want, but no football. Uh, she would have let us play basketball, but, uh, you know, when you're five foot ten, your destiny is going to be very limited in basketball unless you have a very, very uh, rare set of talent skills, which wasn't the case for me, so it's no big deal. I gravitated towards track and field. But nevertheless, we had an average football team, but when I was a junior in high school, they got a new football coach that came in, and he just began to turn things around. And by the time I was a senior, you know, you go, you, when you're in high school, you go to the games, you know, so you watch the team play. Our team was really good and we're winning most games and even won some games that nobody thought they would win. Why? Because somebody came in and said, hey, let's change the culture of losing. <laughs> Praise God. And so there's some things that you can do. And I want to talk about that today. The three dimensions of the breakthrough word. Again, verse 18. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. That shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. If you have a mindset, and, and look, I understood because I can understand because I was raised like this. If you have a mindset that actually thinks you can't make it if you're a Christian, you, uh, uh, if you think like that, you're not going to make it. You have to realize that righteousness, godliness, ethics, morality, morality, and integrity are not a setback. They're an asset to your life. Well, Pastor Stephen, my integrity is holding me back. Well, what do you want to do? Be a liar? <laughs> do you want to be a cheater? Uh, do you want to be like everybody else? No, no, it's an asset. It's a good thing. Mm -mm. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The believer is supposed to be on top. You're supposed to be going into positions uh, and in the places where it's getting brighter all the time. Brighter all the time until the time comes you just step over to be with the Lord. And you leave in a place of victory, not leaving in a mentality of escapism. Mm -mm. Wow. Praise God. So we're going from breakthrough. Listen to this. Not just to another breakthrough. It's not like you just go from a breakthrough to a breakthrough because that still can be a little bit redundant. And if all you ever have is a little more increase and then a little more increase and then a little more increase, you're never going to get to where you're supposed to be. So this scripture is saying that the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter ever brighter. Okay. So really I want you to understand that God wants to take you. Yes, there will be times from breakthrough to breakthrough, but also you hit those moments where you go from breakthrough to boom, super breakthrough. Woo. And that's what 
God wants you to experience. You go from the place where you're at and you've perhaps have already experienced some good things in your life and you've seen uh, God lift you up and pull you forward, but it's time for you to hit the super breakthrough zone. Glory to God. And that comes through a breakthrough word. Praise God. Now the following scripture paints a picture of unstoppable breakthrough. This is found in Isaiah, Isaiah 45 verse one, thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of Kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord who call you by your name am the God of Israel. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Cyrus was a picture of a man anointed by God who is just moving forward. If you research and read about the context of his life, Cyrus at that time was actually opposed by the wealthiest man in the world. And that man with all of his wealth and military strength was basically saying to Cyrus, you can't come in here. You can't break through these doors. And there was all types of barriers and obstacles, but Cyrus was especially anointed by God for breakthrough. And he's just breaking through all kinds of stuff. Mm -mm. And I see the same thing happening in your life as well. All types of barriers, all types of obstacles. Others stand around and they're willing to just say, we can't change the situation. But my friends, you can break through and you can lead and with that anointing of the spirit, you can bust through and then others can be inspired by your exploits. What are exploits? They are great accomplishments of faith. And when you carry out these exploits, others say, well, praise God. If that person broke through then I can break through also in the name of Jesus and you can. Praise the Lord. But there's also something very interesting in this chapter, verse 11, that moves you into a position of being in command. It's a staggering verse, verse 11. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons, and concerning the work of my hands, you command me. So, what you're looking at here is God actually giving you the empowerment to move from level to level because you can now command breakthrough. You can work with God, pray to God, and even in some situations command breakthroughs into new areas. And concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Praise the Lord. Woo! Wow. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see you going into the areas that God has called you to go into, and no demon 
can stop you. No opposing circumstances can stop you. You are going forward and every bolted door is going to blast open because you're going in with the word of breakthrough. You're going in with the battering ram of God's power. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, how do we get in? Sounds like we need some authority. Yes, we do. We find it in the book of Exodus chapter four, verse 17. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which watch this. You shall do signs. You shall do the signs. Praise God. The rod is the word of God in our hands with which we use it to command signs and wonders. What are these signs? They're supernatural breakthroughs. They're supernatural. If they're not supernatural, then they're not on that category of signs. That's what the rod was for. Miraculous signs. Mm -mm. And that's what the word of God is. It is. See that rod, you can take it in your hand. This, this is what I'm trying to say. God is actually putting you in command of signs and wonders. Woo. Praise God. And you can so know how to use that rod. No. So how to use that word. You can knock down bolted doors. Praise God. You can go into areas. The enemy says you can't get in here except us. You say, no, I can go in there because I have the rod of authority and this rod. It's not just a piece of wood that, you know, looks like I could hit somebody with. No, this is a, this is a sign of authority and you can command signs. Praise God. Supernatural breakthroughs. Let me say that there is a word for every breakthrough that you desire in your life. Please don't settle for stagnation. Take the rod and get that word and then command it to be as the word decrees. Praise God. I want to continue to help you to see the authority that God has given to you. Mark chapter 16. Let's go over to the gospel of Mark chapter 16. And let's go to verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word. How? Through the accompanying signs, through the accompanying signs. Praise God. The Lord was confirming the word to confirm means to prove. It means to verify. And these verifications are done how? By pulling out your ID card, just like you have a driver's license or a passport that does what? That confirms your identification. Well, how do you confirm or ID the word through signs? Praise God. And this is how you go into the breakthrough mode. You go through there with the rod of God's word and that word will have miraculous signs attached to it. It has breakthrough power connected to it. Praise God. Now there are three 
dimensions of the breakthrough word. The first dimension I believe is coming to you very quickly. It could come to you even before the day is over. And it is the sent word. There's three dimensions of the breakthrough word. The first dimension is the sent word. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Let's turn over there. Psalm 107. Verse 19. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. And he sent his word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. How does God heal and deliver? He does it through the sent word. Praise God. He healed them and delivered them. Woo. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to God. You could be a person who has an incurable sickness or disease, and you could be sitting around the house. Perhaps you can't go out because you are handicapped because of this condition. Your life has become very restricted. What do you need? Well, Pastor Stephen, I need healing. Yes, yes, you do. But also, primarily, you need the Word. The Word from the Lord coming to you could be the word of deliverance. There's a lot of people they can't get healed because it's not a physical, organic medical condition. Oftentimes there can be a spirit behind it. You had the lady that was bent over. She could not raise herself up for a long time. And Jesus said, the condition of this is because of a spirit of infirmity. What is an infirmity? It is a weakness that you in your own strength or ability cannot overcome. So a spirit of infirmity is a spirit that is stronger than you in this area and you cannot overcome it. You can't even stretch your back up and doctors can look and they could run MRI. They could run x-rays. They could probe and look in there and they could say, you know, it doesn't really make sense why she can't straighten her back up. There is a neurological disorder, apparently, that we can't quite pin, uh, you know, pinpoint the, the reason. But the matter of fact is she can't, straight, she can't straighten up. But Jesus, he just rebuked and removed that spirit of infirmity, a spirit of weakness. And when that spirit left, the healing came right in. She stands right up. She stands right up. So the word came. He was the word in flesh. Praise God. I'm telling you, the word is coming to you because sometimes we think we need this, but actually the word comes and that word delivers to you exactly what you need. It unlocks the situation so that you can go free. And that word can deal with the natural, but the word can also deal with the spiritual. Praise the Lord. Because many conditions, you see natural effects, but the root problem is in the spirit realm. Praise God. But God is able to send His Word, He's able to heal, and He's able to deliver from all destructions. 
There's something about our ability to hide our destructions very well. Have you ever noticed that? People can hide what they're going through very, very well. Many of you have heard my testimony of how I used to be homeless. And I went through a very horrible ordeal that the devil put me through. And I did not have the spiritual skills to get out of it. So I got stuck in a real mess. But homelessness is not something that you want to carry a flag around and wave as a banner of, you know, like this is something good that says, I'm homeless. Hey, let's all root for the homeless. No, because it's not something that's an emblem of, you know, great celebration. No, it's something that's a stigma of something is terribly, terribly wrong. But my friends, we could have these areas of destruction in life. I tried to hide it. You've heard my story of how I went to those little church meetings and God began to do a work and his word eventually came and delivered me completely out of that hellacious situation. By the way, what was the word that came to me? Sitting there, living homeless, trying to fake out my life so that others did not know what I was going through. We're very good at that. But the word came to me and said, give your last $4 in the offering. That is how I came out of poverty. That is also how the Macedonian church became strong. They gave their way out of poverty. By the way, don't expect the government to ever figure this out. Governments pour billions and billions of dollars into broken systems, thinking that money fixes the problem. Well, first of all, the money is going to go over to the dictators. They're going to siphon most of it off for themselves and any other little pennies or whatever that might reach the people. But poverty has a spiritual root. You can't fix it by pouring money on it. If you pour money on it, the people don't know how to handle the money. They are not built up to steward it. They can't handle it. Oh, Pastor Stephen, they can figure it out. No, they can't. No more than you could handle it if I took you on a helicopter right now. No preparation. I picked you up right now in a helicopter and took you to the top of Mount Everest at 30,000 feet and stepped you out of the helicopter and said, I'll be back tomorrow. You are not ready for that. And I'm not either. Why? We haven't acclimated to it. You have to climb the mountain. You have to go up. You have to acclimate. I've been to 22,000 feet. You have to acclimate. You have to go through the headaches. <laughs> you, you have to let go up slow or you get altitude sickness and it is deadly. If you don't come down or if you don't deal with it, 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 it can be lethal. It's the same way with money. You can't just take people to the top and say, handle it. They can't handle it. They don't know what to do with it. They do stupid stuff with it. Why? They have not acclimated properly. And God, God only takes those in the wealth that he has acclimated. Why? He, want, he not only wants you to, to get there, he wants you to be able to live there. Mm, and that requires training, teaching. It requires times of acclimating. So when the Lord, the, through the Holy Spirit, told me to give the $4, I obeyed the Holy Spirit. I gave it. I gave my way out of poverty. And I've been giving ever since, coming into greater blessings and greater measures of God's goodness upon my life. But I got out of destruction because of a word from God that came to me. The Holy Spirit spoke it to me. 
It reminded me of those old, that old cartoon series, Tom and Jerry. Tom, uh, the cat, Jerry the mouse. And uh, sometimes Tom would want to hurt the little mouse. He'd try to catch it. And it's, it's like a little angel would get on Tom's shoulder and a little demon would get on the other. The angel would say, now don't hurt the little mouse. But the demon would poke Tom and say, no, you need to get him. That's what cats do. Go get the mouse. <laughs> I tell you, when the Holy Spirit told me to give those $4, which was all I had, that's all I, and I'd saved it for months, never spent it, thinking I could have one final meal before I perished eventually. But you know what? When the Holy Spirit said, give your four $1 bills, a little demon appeared on the side. I didn't see him. But I, he started talking into my ear. He said, if you do that, you'll starve. Don't do it. And an angel of God stood over here and said, do it. You need to do this. And this, this is a conversation going back and forth while the offering basket was coming around. I'm telling you, my friends, there's a lot going on in meetings. Sometimes you think, well, I just came to church so they have a good time. Pastor Steve, I just went to that conference to have a good time. You have no idea what's going on in meetings. <laughs> All kinds of spiritual dynamics are playing out. Why? You have a lot of people that are hiding in their destructions. They sit there, they pull themselves together, and they're completely addicted to cocaine. They're addicted to heroin or whatever the case might be, and they're sitting there. But I'm telling you, one word, one word can set anybody free. There's nothing stronger than the Word of God anywhere. There's nothing stronger in the universe than the Word of God. Praise God. Wow, hallelujah. So there's three dimensions of the breakthrough word. The first is the sent word. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And God's word is coming to you too to obliterate losing out of your life, to also remove stagnation from your life. There are many that, that you're, you're listening to me, and it's not like you're losing in life, okay? It's not like you're in some kind of desperate, you know, crazy situation where maybe you're listening to me on a, uh, you know, like a sat phone, a satellite phone, and you're floating out in the middle of an ocean on a life raft because your boat sank, and you're, you're listening to me, and you're saying, oh, Pastor Steve, I need a, I need a word, lest I die out here. Well, of course, that's not the case for most of you. But I'm saying even still, you need to be moving forward. The path of the just should be getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Not getting worse and worse or not staying at the same illumination level. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. What, what business would stay in business when you have the annual shareholders meeting and the directors have gotten together. What would happen if the director said, you know what? We've had good year after good year after good year. You know what? We don't need to be concerned anymore with increase. No, there are no directors. There is no planning committee that plans for mediocrity. You have to sit there and talk. What can we do to improve? Because there's always room for improvement. What can we do to increase? Because there's always a new way that you can increase. You have to find it and you have to verbalize it and get it out there and then release that to the shareholders. Why? So we can anticipate a better year coming than what we've had before. You can't say, well, we've done good. We'll just, you know, uh, now this year we'll just, you know, we're just content with whatever happens. No, you can't plan for that. You have to plan for greater levels of illumination and brightness. Praise God. 
So his word is coming to you to move you forward. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. There is always a place for patience. But if you've been losing for 10 years straight, uh, the, let's not focus on patience. Let's focus on getting some movement here and winning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's get the right answer. Now, the three dimensions of the breakthrough word, number one, the sent word, number two, the word in season. Woo. It has to be in season. This is found in Isaiah chapter 50, Isaiah 50 and verse four, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word when in season to him who is weary. I want to read it again. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. So the person who is weary, maybe feels faint, maybe is discouraged. That person needs the word, but the word has to be my friends in season. Hallelujah. I remember going into work one day. I had gotten up to pray. And when I, uh, earlier that morning, when I'd gotten up to pray, the Holy spirit spoke to me very, very clearly. Look, when you hear from God, you don't have to be concerned about, is this going to work or not? Sometimes people have said, pastor Stephen, in these decisions, you're very accurate. Well, that's because I'm not guessing. <laughs> I'm not guessing. I'm, I'm just, I'm operating on what I'm hearing. So it's not like I'm trying to guess. No, I heard that. So while in prayer one morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, today, when you go in your going to work, turn in your two week notice because you're leaving and you're going into full-time ministry. Woo. Well, praise God. That's quite exciting. Now I knew that my ministry, that initial state of it was primarily itinerant traveling. I knew that I was just going to be going, just traveling, traveling. And that's what I stepped into, nonstop traveling for, for uh, quite a few years. And I still travel, just not as often. But my friends, I, I knew that when the Holy Spirit spoke that to me, I only had three meetings booked for the whole year. Now, the, the previous year, I was pretty busy, but I was working full time. But I was working full time. I was ministering on, you know, Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, and sometimes other nights when I was free. Did a lot of ministry for years before I ever went into full time ministry. But when the Holy Spirit said that, I only had three meetings booked. But I knew I'd heard from God. So I went into work that morning. And the first person I happened to see, it's amazing how God works. The first person I happened to see was the general manager over the whole store. And this was a large, you know, national, actually international chain of stores. And when I walked in, there's the general manager over the whole store. And I said, hey, I you know, called him by name. And I said, I said, I need to talk to you. I need to turn in my two-week notice. He said, he said, Stephen, and he, looked, he looked very disappointed. Uh, he said, Stephen, why? Well, what's going on? I said, well, I'm going to be going into the ministry 
And so I need to, you know, turn my notice in and so forth. I've had a great time. I've had a great time the years that I've been here. I've really have learned a lot and I've really enjoyed it. And he said, are you sure you want to do this? He said, just this morning, because, you know, they start around six o'clock in the morning. He said, just this morning, I, I, I had a meeting with the leaders, the other managers, and we have already decided, we decided this morning in the meeting to make you the next manager head over this one department. And there was also another person that was working, a co-member, a co and he and I were, had a real hustle. He said, we have decided to make both of you managers, and you're going to be spread over these various areas. So he said, are you sure you, don't, you want to do this? He said, we would like to take you on in leadership and so forth. I said, thank you. Thank you very much. But I have to do this. This is what God wants me to do. And he understood. He was happy. And I was happy. And I stepped into it. And my friends, the moment I stepped into it, God was right there to support me and hold me up. And the miracles that followed were right on time. And I needed them. But you have to understand there is a word in season. That word came in season. If you go on your own, you literally go on your own. But if you go under God's word, then now God is obligated to take care of you. Remember when Jesus sent out the 12, but he also sent out the 70. And he told them, when you go, don't take a money bag. Don't, you don't have to take a sword. Just, just go, go preach, proclaim the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, do all these things. Just go. And he sent them out and they came back. They came back later. They were rejoicing saying, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us and they're all happy. He asked them a question, a really good question. He said, when I sent you now, notice the context. Jesus said, when I sent you, when I sent you, did you lack anything? They said, nothing. We didn't lack anything. You have to understand if God sends you, he's responsible for taking care of you. But if you send yourself, you're responsible. And we as humans, as individuals have limited resources, not just financially, but we also have limited resources in other areas. But when you're in God's will, now God has an obligation to take care of you. You know, when I was a young boy in church, I never saw one pastor that had anything close to a level of prosperity. All the, preacher, all the preachers I knew were poor. And you know what? People that think, look at that. People that actually have to pay bills and raise a family and buy food and buy a vehicle, they look at that. And you know what they think? God, I'd never want to be a preacher. God have mercy. I would never want to be a preacher. Why? They think that if they become a preacher, they all have to be poor, just like the other preachers that are out there. Matter of fact, the church I was raised in, the pastor was named Pastor Rich, R-I-C-H. Despite the great name that probably denoted a great destiny, he was one of the poorest men I've ever met in my life. And of course, the church uh, jumped on the bandwagon, and they enforced his poverty, because it was the mindset that if you're a preacher, you're supposed to be, be poor because, because that really denotes to everybody that you're holy. Mm. Well, I must admit he didn't get so impoverished that he walked around barefoot. 
but he was poor, wore out pants, wore out clothes, wore out car, wore out old Bible that looked like it was about to fall apart. Yes, that does show that you're reading your Bible, but I'm not so much sure if it's because he's reading the Bible and going through the pages as it was. It just was real old. Maybe somebody gave it to him and he couldn't afford to get a good Bible. Praise God. And that's why a lot of people have never wanted to go in the ministry because they think if you go in the ministry, that means you're, you're, you, you have to take like a vow of poverty or something like that. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, when Jesus sends you or he calls somebody in the fivefold ministry, whether it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, when he sends you, now he takes care of you and he has unlimited resources. Praise God. Mm -mm. Glory, glory to God. You know, even back in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the, the Kohanim, the priest from the tribe of Levi, they all understood that the high priest had to be somebody that would be God's very best. And the priest that would be chosen, selected, and you know, this is family lineage. But when that person came in into the role, the function of high priest, if that priest was not wealthy, all of the other priestly families, they would all pull together and they had a mentality of, we're going to make him wealthy. Why? He represents the nation of Israel. He represents the priest. And the last thing we want is a priest walking around here with a disheveled beard, a high priest walking around here that hasn't had a proper bath. No, 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 no. These things are unacceptable. They wanted the high priest to be the most handsome of all the priests. They wanted him to be the most, uh, uh, almost like what you would, when you think about the movie, the 10 commandments with, with Moses and that great, that great character who played the role of Moses, his name will come to me in just a moment. Seems to be escaping me for a second, but you know what you want? You want that look of, of regal dignity. And they wanted that also in the high priest. Praise God. Glory to God. Charlton, uh, Carlton Heston. I think there's names coming up to me. Praise God. I haven't seen that movie in maybe 40 years. Maybe I should go back and watch it again. Praise the Lord. But my friends, the Lord, the Lord, when he sends, when he commissions, that denotes his responsibility to be involved in it and to carry it and support it. Praise God. Hallelujah. I haven't missed one meal because I'm a minister. Now I fasted at, at, at times. I still fast, but that's not because I don't have the money to buy food. Praise God. God has taken good care of my wife and I in all areas. That is because he has sent us out. But that word in season is what started the stepping into the full-time ministry. When I stepped into it, God was right there. Timing is everything. So that's one of the great dimensions of the breakthrough word. It's a breakthrough. If you go and this, the timing's off, then the breakthrough power is not there. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, along with the sent word and the word in season, we must now look also at the right word. Praise God. 
This is the third dimension of the breakthrough word as seen in the book of Job. Let's go back to the old book of Job. Praise the Lord. Chapter 6, and let's go down to verse 24. Job said, Teach me, and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How, how forceful are right words. Again, how forceful are right words. By the way, did you ever notice that wrong words can pull you away from breakthrough? Right words, the right word of God taking you to the breakthrough is loaded with that power for breakthrough. But a wrong word actually takes you in the other direction. You're doing a 180. Praise God. Mm -mm. But you never receive a wrong word. But even if you do receive one, may God give you the grace to spit it out and not receive it. I had a very low moment in my life after uh, initially getting into the ministry. The Lord's provision was there, but it, it still, there were so many challenges to the ministry. And, you know, I was young and working through various things and so forth. And I remember I got, uh, I got discouraged and I had a minister friend uh, that was much older than me than I caught. And, and I called him up and I said, I said, you know, things are pretty tough right now. I'm going through various things and uh, working through, through some things in the ministry that um, are, are a challenge. And uh, I said, I just wanted to call you and see if you had anything that you would like to speak into my life concerning this moment. He said, Stephen, he said, I'll tell you what I think you should do. I said, what? He said, I, he said, I tell you the church is, is in an apostate condition right now. It's backslid from God. It doesn't even matter. Why don't you just quit and get out of the ministry? Because it doesn't matter anyhow. The whole church is just, it doesn't matter. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Israel has forsaken the Lord. So it's every man for himself. <laughs> he actually told me that. He was in his 80s. That's actually what he told me. And I said, well, uh, that's a, that would require a major change in my life. And I, I can't pretend like God didn't call me. So um, thank you for your advice. And anyhow, the conversation ended. Really what happened is I caught him at a very, very low moment. And he was actually very, very discouraged. And he was probably in a place where he needed a breakthrough word. And I happened to call him. And my friends let us call upon the Lord. Amen. That way we get the right word because there's always somebody out there that can give you a word <laughs> and you don't want to stir something up in the flesh. Praise God. In other words, let's go after the word. Let's seek after the word and not just uh, always look for the easy way out by getting on the phone call. And you know what? If when you're real young in the Lord, you may be able to get away from that. But other times, other times the Lord does expect you to become strong and to pull yourself up just like David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord and go forward. So it is good at times to seek the Lord with prayer and fasting. We see this in the book of Isaiah chapter 58, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible on the subject of fasting. And verse eight says that when we fast, According to the fast that God has for us, 
It says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. So light is understanding, knowing what to do. In other words, it's getting the right word, not just a bunch of information and certainly not the wrong word, but it's getting the right word. Mm -mm. Wow. You know, I got the right word and I recovered. And it's not like I was in a place where uh, things weren't right. It's just, I was in some tough places where, you know, working through things and you're trying to figure out in ministry what, what you're supposed to do and how you structure things as far as, you know, where you're supposed to live. And uh, you're trying to work a travel schedule and you're now you're trying to work international things and all stuff like that. But you know what? That one minister is a good man, but he gave me a wrong word, but God gave me the right word. And I whoop, just got infused with faith and I was right back on it. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. I did find out later. He actually confided in me that he was in a tough spot. And it was a, an extended period of time for him because he got, he got into, th into some things that bogged him down. And, uh, and so I just happened to call him during that time. You know, that's when I got the negative wrong word. But my friends, God will always the Holy Spirit, who is God, will always give you the right word. So now, often when I need a word, not something I'm guessing about, but I really want to hear from God, I'll just back off from the food. Remember, that doesn't mean you need to do a 40-day fast, but I will do some fasting. Because when we fast, we see that then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Praise God. So there is the right word of knowing what to do. My friends, these are dimensions of the breakthrough word. It is the sent word, and that's coming to you. It is the word in season. I believe you're ready for uh, the word to go to the next level, which I believe is just not another breakthrough. I'm standing here today telling you under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's time for a super breakthrough. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it's time for the right word. Praise the Lord Jesus. Woo. And the right word is very, very powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Now, of course, God can speak to us through his word. That's why it's good to practice what we see in Psalm 119 and verse 18, where there is the prayer of David. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. In other words, Lord, there's something in here. There's something in here for me. And God can open your eyes to see something. And oftentimes what happens with me, it's different for everybody. What happens with me sometimes is that when I receive a word from the Lord, sometimes it's like the scripture comes up off the page and I can't see any of the other scriptures. That one verse will come up and it will be highlighted like a 3d hologram. Sometimes it will like glitter or sparkle, but it looks like it raises like three inches up off the page. I've had that happen more times than I can tell, but I'm not trying to make that happen. That would be the Holy Spirit giving me a breakthrough word, but it's coming literally from the scriptures themselves. Praise God. But it's good to locate the word. Go on a word hunt. Praise God. Because that's how you have those moments like that. Praise God. And also, like I mentioned, do, do some fasting. There's something about fasting where you can be in a place, even during the fast, 
Of course, many of the answers come after the fast, but even sometimes during the fast, it's just like you're walking in a level of understanding where the light is really on bright. Um, it's like an osmosis, maybe like a telepathy. There is in the spirit realm, I've had times in the spirit realm where an angel or even Jesus himself has talked to me, but has talked to me uh, thought to thought without the mouth even moving. So I wouldn't call it mental telepathy because I'm not in the mental, I'm in the spiritual. I would call it spiritual telepathy. But there's something on the earth where that breakthrough word can come to you oftentimes when you're fasting or even after the fast. And it's like, it's like it's, that word's just coming into you. The light is just flowing into you and you know what to do. Praise God. Maybe it's a little bit like skydiving. When you skydive and jump out of an airplane, you're falling at over a hundred miles an hour. And technically you actually don't have to breathe because you're falling and the, the air, the oxygen is being forced into you almost like an osmosis is just coming into you and you can just fall. And it's not like right now where you have to breathe, you know, where you're breathing through your nose or if you start walking fast, you have to use your mouth when you're falling, just fall. And you're breathing at the same time. Praise God. That's how the light can also come in. And you just know, go, go now. Praise God. God is with you. Praise the Lord. Can there be those thunderous moments where you hear the, the strong voice of the Lord? Absolutely. But there can be other times where that word comes with such a deep knowing. Why? Because it's just coming into you. Perhaps you come off the fast and now you just know and you go into action. You just go into action and know what to do. You start making the phone calls. You know immediately what to do. Praise God. Glory to God. It's a very powerful thing. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you because the Lord is going to bring the three dimensions of the breakthrough word to you. It's going to come. And please remember, you're going into a super breakthrough. When that word comes, it has the power to carry you in there. It is the rod of God, and it is the ability for you to command a sign. Praise God. Your life is going to have a collection of signs and wonders. Just like a sports team has a trophy room of trophies they have won. You're going to have signs and wonders on display because you're walking in the breakthrough word. Even with Cyrus, nothing could stop him. He was under that breakthrough anointing. And it was, he's writing on that word that was prophesied concerning him. See, when we read that in Isaiah about Cyrus, Cyrus had not even been born yet. So Cyrus read that prophecy about him years later when he was born, several hundred years later when he was born, and he read that, and it even has his name. He's like, that's talking about me. What did he do? He rode on that breakthrough word and did all of those things that said of what it said he would do. He was unstoppable. Was there resistance? Yes. He broke through all of it. You're going to also. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. Let your breakthrough word come suddenly to them this week. Let it come accurately to them this week. Let it come decisively to them this week in the area of where they need it most. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God. We thank you 
in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Now, let's seal the word in to our hearts so that the thief, the devil, cannot come and take the seed of this word and try to take it out of our hearts. Let's seal it in our hearts through faith and also through taking Holy Communion. Praise the Lord. I want you to get your communion ready. Get some grape juice and get some bread. We're going to take communion in just a moment. For those of you that are watching today's program, but you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's time for you to make your peace with God today. It's time for you to get your life right with God. Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sins. You can receive the work that he accomplished of making that sin payment for you. You can receive that benefit of eternal life by putting your trust in him now and submitting your life to him. If that's you, and you've never asked Christ into your heart. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died for me and paid the penalty of my sins. Jesus, I give my life to you now. Come into my heart. Jesus, wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life and step into my life, Jesus, and lead me and guide me this day forward. Give me your breakthrough word. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. And welcome to the family that walks in the power of the breakthrough word. Praise the Lord. The devil has lied to you and said, you can't come in here. You can't possess this land. Now you know how. The power of the breakthrough word. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's grab the bread and the juice. Let's pray over it. Father, we thank you that Jesus said that this, this bread, this juice, when he blessed it, he said, this is my flesh and it is food indeed. And this is my blood and it is real drink. It is drink indeed. So we thank you, Father. We bless it. We set it apart as holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the, the, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, O God. Hallelujah. I want to share with you a few thoughts I had about our communion today. That each communion that we take, and also if you take it by yourself, which I encourage you to do, that each communion be a transformation in your life. When you take communion, welcome Jesus in. In other words, we're going to receive the flesh. Say, Jesus, I receive you. I receive your flesh. Come on in, Jesus. Woo, praise God. And let that change take place. Because every time you receive Jesus, you're going from glory to glory. Never rush into communion. Prepare your heart to take communion thoughtfully, consciously of what you're doing. You're receiving the Lord's body. Praise God. So let the Lord's flesh nourish you and strengthen you so that you don't block the effects of the flesh and the blood from working in your life. Praise God. Be very aware that communion 
has the purpose of bringing you in the oneness with Jesus, but also understand that it's you're coming in the oneness with him, but he's also coming into you. He lives in you. Praise God through the Holy Spirit. And as we take communion, what was not found in Jesus, such as sickness, disease, lack or poverty, what was not found in him is not allowed to be found in us. That is one of the great works of communion. The flesh and the blood are working to see to it that in your life, what was not found in him, it's not found in you. Praise God. Please don't ever mistake what Jesus bore on the cross as something that he was bearing in his life. Jesus was never sick a day in his life. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, every curse of the law came upon him on the cross. Praise God. Hallelujah. But outside of that, he was blessed. Amen. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is the miracle meal right now. Let it bring deliverance into your life. Let it deliver you. Let it heal you. And today, let it calm you. Praise God. Mm -mm. Father, we thank you for the flesh of Jesus. We receive the word. We thank you. We give you praise that as we receive the word, we thank you for strength to command signs and wonders. We thank you, Father. Thank you for the Lord's flesh. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. From breakthrough to super breakthrough, praise God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. As we receive the blood of Jesus, we thank you for cleansing from all sin. Father, we forgive anyone who sinned against us. We bless them. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood. We thank you for protection through your blood. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Somebody, you've been having nightmares at night. I command those to stop in the name of Jesus. I speak to the occult powers operating against that person. You are bound in the name of Jesus. No more nightmares in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that the blood is a barrier that the demons cannot get through. We thank you that your people are receiving the blood of Jesus right now. No more harassment from the enemy. No more. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's blood. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and say this. Say, Father God, I expect a breakthrough word that will carry me into superabundance. Thank you. I receive a super breakthrough. Thank you, Father God, 
Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Addicts are being set free right now. Somebody has been addicted to prescription pain medications. You were taking them because you needed them, but you became addicted. Jesus is setting you free right now. Look, this is the word coming forth for someone's deliverance and healing. Receive. Somebody is being delivered right now from the addiction to drugs. Somebody has had an opiate addiction. You're being set free right now. Receive the fire of God is going all through you. You literally feel like you're on fire. Praise God. That is the Holy Spirit delivering you and setting you free right now. And the chains that opium and the opiate type chains are falling off of you right now. You're free. Don't ever go back to it anymore. Hallelujah. The craving's gone. You're free in the name of Jesus. I see white powder in the spirit right now. I'm seeing cocaine. The Lord's setting someone free from cocaine right now. Be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. The chains break now. Go free in the name of the Lord Jesus. Never go back to those places of evil ever again. Praise God. Leave the habitations of evil. Stay out of the bars. Stay out of the nightclubs. Stay out of the dens of iniquity. Christ has set you free. Not to live for yourself, but to live now unto Him. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Somebody's mind, you're being freed right now from mental illness. You're being freed from what even some have called the condition of insanity. I set you free in the name of Jesus now. In the name of Jesus, go free. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, what are you doing? I'm commanding signs and wonders right now. That person, and there's several of you, that some have said you are insane. You go, you go free right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you are being restored to a normal mind. Hallelujah. I call your healthy memory back in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Through resurrection anointing, I call your brain cells back into function to recall everything that God wants you to recall to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Nothing lost. No precious treasured memory lost in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Now for some there are commissioning angels, commissioning and calling some now into ministry. Rise up and obey what the Lord is calling you to do. Most often, uh, at 99% of the time, there is preparation time. So for many, that would mean Bible college, school of ministry, whatever that might be. Get busy. Hallelujah. Get into what God wants you to get into. If you don't know where to go, email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. We have very, very good connections with those that we're connected with for ministry training and equipping. Praise God. We'll get you into the right place. Praise the Lord. Glory. Somebody, you feel like you're on fire. Amen. Glory. That's the Holy Spirit working right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, give God time to speak to you. This week, give God time to speak to you. Don't get so busy that when He wants to talk, He can't. You have got to give God time to talk. And when you do, there's going to be breakthrough moments. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
And also be looking, be looking. This, there's a super breakthrough anointing that God wants to accomplish right now. Mm-mm. There's something very apostolic about it. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Even Cyrus, his life was very apostolic. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the miracles that you're doing in Jesus' name. We thank you for the breakthrough word coming in Jesus' name. We're moving forward. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. My friends, thank you for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Have a great week. Bye-bye.